Oh god, this is just the the cap went down off the table. The beers It's okay. All over the computer. Just let it happen. It's just a goddamn mess. Hello and welcome to episode seventy one of Flicks in the Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me, Forever Noise, the man, the myth, the bing, Alessandro Balsi. Say hello, Al. Only if it's absolutely necessary. <laughs> On this week's episode, uh, did Spider-Man ruin Avengers Endgame? More in-game theories, the Aquaman movie review roundup, and assorted news and nuggets. All before diving into our flick of the week, White Christmas. But first, Al, what are we drinking? We are drinking... Al's Ale's Very Merry Holiday Ale. <laughs> there was this, a look of confusion on Al's face. I was hoping that he would just keep going and ignore me entirely. But what I am doing is I'm using my shirt because I couldn't find the napkin, and I'm concerned <laughs> at the level of beer that is now pooling around the computer. I was, when, when you didn't respond to my response, I was going to continue to carry it on. Sorry. But then <laughs> I was so confused by what it was you were doing that I was implicitly demanding an explanation how are you <laughs> what did you what did you dub your beer al's ale's very merry holiday ale very merry holiday ale i like that i like that i like to either do with some alliteration or some rhyming when at all possible definitely try and get some some uh clever jabs in there here and there well not jabs really but you know jabs, jabs. a little bit, a little bit of stuff, a little bit of stuff. <laughs> this is a this this beer looks held up to the light like a like a nice apple cider like a dark one. What's right, uh, what's that about? Can you explain uh, that to me? Well, for one, um, are you referring more to the color, or the haziness, or both? Yep. That's what I thought. Um, <laughs> so I do not filter my ales mm-hmm. because I bottle carbonate, and you need there to be some yeast still left in some wild not wild yeast. Wild yeast. <laughs> That's a that's a joke for for you guys who've been with us for a while. Um, but it does have to be some live yeast uh, so that will actually carbonate once I bottle them up. Okay. Um, so that means that there's stuff floating around in there. Um, if you filter your ale, it'll be much clearer, closer to what like a lager would look like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't have a vacuum sealer way to force carbonate it, so yet you get haze. Um, well, it's, it's a ways away. Um, uh, as far as the color goes, uh, I decided to get a little, um, a little interesting with the beer I chose for the body of this holiday ale. Typically, those holiday type beers are very dark. They're trending mm. towards porter or lager. Um, you, a lot of times they'll have molasses included in them, and I wanted to do sure. something a little different. So this actually is ninety five percent my. Irish red ale. Gasoline. I made. Yes, gasoline. Um, 95% my Irish red ale that I made for St. Patrick's Day because mm. I thought that would go kind of cool with these spicings that I wanted to do that you find in a holiday ale. And this has some spices. Some It has some cinnamon, some ginger, some nutmeg, oh, yeah. and some sweet orange peel. So I don't know if you're doing this on purpose. I have a, a sneaking suspicion that you are, that you're, you're taking your sweet time with this because the spoiler here is that I've already had this beer and it was yeah. wonderful and I just, my mouth is watering. <laughs> well, yeah, to no, taste this it description again. isn't for you. It's for the listeners. I know. You know. Oh, I know. I know your brilliance. <laughs> I, like to t- I like to 
to, to pull back the curtain just enough for the people at home. Paint to me it. a picture. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to paint you a word picture about this. Well, it's, it, this is this is my craft, so is... I want people to understand the uh, attention that I give to it. Al's happy little trees. Yes, uh, it seems like this one went off as a hit because we oh, debuted yeah. at the Bielsi family Christmas party last weekend, and it was so good that I have received my first official orders of Al's Ales for sale. So, <laughs> Al's Ales for sale. Uh, if anyone is interested in purchasing Al's Ales, just get in contact with us and we'll see what we can do. Nice. That's awesome. I like to hear that. Branching just understand out. that it's going to take a while. <laughs> it's, going to be, it's, it's going to be some time. It's going to be some time. Um, Which is fine. It's fine. Yeah, we're, we're getting we out like there. To, we like to hear from people, so. Getting you on the map. Yeah. As it were. Cheers, sir. Merry Christmas. Oh, yeah. Yep, it's the same as it was a couple days ago. <laughs> Delightful as all hell. Oh, man. It's it's pretty tasty, if I do say so myself. You've outdone yourself. Yeah, I, uh, I think I've been on a good roll. The pumpkinish porter was very, very good as that well. Was, that was solid. I was a big fan of that one. Um, and this one, someone, someone ordered this specific beer again. Oh, nice. As, as their purchase, so. Oh, that's, that's a nice vote of confidence there. Yeah, I thought so. How many did you bring with you to the party? Um, I brought a dozen, but I brought four of the, like, 24-ounce ones. Mm. The big bottles. And how many did you bring back? Uh, I think I brought back Three. You brought back alcohol from a Bielsi party? That's I know. Well, because insane. I wanted to make sure it was rationed out. Um, because sometimes when you just put the collective coolers together, it just becomes kind of a potluck. That's true. I did it. Which, you, you did keep I didn't yours have away. An issue with sharing them. I just want to make sure people knew what it was. Right. Right. You don't want to just go in willy nilly. You got to tell them the story. Yeah. So you got to earn it. Is really what you're getting. Well, no, because I also, you know, I want feedback. You know, I, you know, I have a handful of people who try each beer. This is probably the most people I've had at once. Because even though <laughs> well, I want feedback, now drink it while I watch you. <laughs> yes. Um, no, well, uh, <laughs> no. Well, I only, you know, had nine beers go out into the world. More mm. than nine people tried it. So there, That's there was some sharing that went on. Um. Do you do you have a favorite of the ones that you've made? I feel like you've mentioned it before, but I can't remember. Um, I think my porter is my favorite. Porter, that was both, both the regular and the pumpkinish, because mm-hmm. it's the same. It's the same beer, just one of them had plus pumpkin. the squash and spicing involved with it. Sure. Um, but yeah, I think that's my best recipe, and I've done it twice, and it's come out really well. This one though, um, has come out very well both times. I did tweak the recipe a bit for this one, um. But it was mostly just I wanted to get um, a little bit more head for the beer. Mm. And I succeeded in that, which was good. Especially, I think we talked about the last time, the last couple I'd done had like a little to no head. And this one did fared a little bit better in that realm. So For sure. For sure. I think uh, I, I'm trying to remember. And I I want to say your 1.5 was my favorite. But I don't re- really remember. <laughs> and I don't remember if it was that it was delicious, which it was. Or just that I liked the story. <laughs> I think it was a bit of both. Probably. Um, that was a good beer. It was a good um, beer. I, I will always be tinged with a bit of regret because of the fact that it didn't come out to be a double IPA like, like the way I wanted it to be. Sure. Uh, though some of that's mitigated by 
my own laughter at my very, very, very mild cleverness with the 1.5 IPA. <laughs> Which your mom seemed to be a fan of that story the other day. That, that was good. You know, actually, speaking of my parents being fans, my dad liked this one. Uh, that was what really surprised me because, really, I can't think of too many times that I've actually watched him drink beer. No. He's... Um, he actually, uh, percentage-wise, of the beers that he's had, he has enjoyed yours the most out of any beers that he's drank. <laughs> really? Yes. Um, and one, one, one sip, one I'm over. That's true. It was this one. I believe there was... Well, actually, you know what? I think he liked your um, the red one that you did. The, the, the one this is based on. Oh, yeah, the original Irish yeah. Red. So he liked that, so that, I guess it makes sense that he would like this one as well. Yeah. Um, sweet. That's uh, he, did, this is a man was... that throws his drink over his shoulder when everybody's doing the shot. <laughs> well, the, the funny thing is, you know, is obviously, um, I, I guess, you know, he has, as he's getting older, um, he doesn't enjoy the alcohol as much, right? He, I don't think it agrees with He never really stuff. did. It does not agree with him. But um, it's funny, the few times I do, well, when he when he actually asks for a drink, not accepts one that's pushed on him, when he actually asks for a drink, it always surprises me because I just anticipate him not really wanting one. Right. Um, and there's been a couple times, once he even asked for a shot when we were doing shots, and I watched him do it, it did not go over his shoulder, it went into his mouth. Oh, that's, that's a was, surprise to me. I know, I was very surprised by it. He does like the wine sometimes yeah. when, we, when we do it. Um, and the funniest, one of the funniest things he's ever said was, and I can't even remember exactly what it was he said, but when when me and my dad gave him the wine that we made, do you remember that? What, what did he what he said? Did he say this is actually good? Yes, that is one. <laughs> this is actually pretty good. Is what he said. Oh my god, that's what, such what a an great. endorsement! This yeah. is actually pretty good. Like, Which, Jesus. if you you know if you understand him not. Liking alcohol, I guess it is a more of a ringing endorsement than anything. <laughs> I know it was just probably the best, funniest backhanded compliment. Oh I've yeah, ever it was. It's wonderful. Life. Um, but then for him to considering, I think I honestly that that I can recall, the only time I can really honestly, truthfully remember him drinking beer was this summer for my mom's birthday when we were all in the pool. He had some beer then. Oh, uh, what was he drinking I then? Remember, I don't remember what specifically he drank because Uncle John brought some beer. We had some beer. Um, but I remember him drinking some beer while okay. we were in the pool. Um, it may not have been much, but I do remember him drinking it. Look at and this guy branching out. I love it. So to see him, oh, I'd like to try it, which that I can understand. Like, oh, you made this. It's cool. Everyone's trying it. Um, and for him to just, wow, this is really good. Genuinely surprises me. This after, is actually, this is actually pretty, pretty good. You gotta love the man. The best part is that he's got. There's not a mean bone in his body. So, no. so you couldn't possibly take that negatively. But if it was anybody else, it would be insulting. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the high comedy of that sentence, uh, especially wonderful. considering it was clearly delivered genuinely, not yep. sarcastically. <laughs> that's that's my dad. Love that man. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we dive in? Oh, oh! I, I figured usually you lead off with. I was, just letting, I, was just, I, I wasn't sure if you were done. I was giving you the opportunity to be like, no, not yet. Actually, I want to talk more about my beer. No, oh, All I right. said no. I said sure. Did oh, you I, not hear? I, me I didn't sure? hear you. I, I, I drowned you out. Oh wow! All <laughs> right. 
Um, the first topic that I have here, something that I came across quickly, uh, it was a, it was something about Spider-Man ruining Avengers Endgame. Um, yes. I'm stalling, as you can see, because my screen has gone black, and I'm waiting for it to return, and there it is. Okay, here we go. No more so sound this waves is from... visually catching your <laughs> I, I see them now. They're good. We're okay. Uh, a title from a BGR.com post... Uh, it says, how the new Spider-Man movie ruined Avengers Endgame for Marvel. And I was like, I'll bite. And I started reading it, and it was pretty much what we have discussed years ago. <laughs> it, it feels like years ago at this point. It's not years ago. But at least that, a year ago? At least a year ago, maybe more. That we know these characters have extended contracts. We know that there are certain movies that are getting sequels. Uh, in some cases, we've actually been told the time frame. Of those sequels. Yeah, or specifically the release date, right? And this one is is kind of pinning it on Spider-Man having ruined that. And yeah. it's just not true. Um, just pay a little bit closer attention is all I'm saying. It's, it's not... like we, We've talked about this before. Other people have seen this. This is not new information. Well, it's not that Spider-Man was the one that did it. It's just that that's the next one that's going to come out. <laughs> right, and but, they, but we've already heard that they've hired or rehired um, directors for other movies, like Ryan Coogler for Black Panther and right. Scott Derrickson for Doctor Strange Two. It's just um, the, the way this is worded; it's kind of pinning it on Spider Man, and I think we, we need it's to. Just, it's, it's not that it's the worst; it's just that it's the first. Right, exactly, and it's also not. I, I think what we're, we're going to end up being surprised because what's we knew going in. I think we talked a little bit about this last week. We we knew going in it was going to be probably something pretty crazy was going to happen. And then when it happened, um, what we expected was true. You know, came, it came true. The snap, the disappearing of a lot of characters. The, the decimation? The decimation. And it did hold weight just because of the way they made those characters disappear. Um, the uncertainty of... It, it wasn't so much about the uncertainty of whether or not they're, like, you know, they're gone or they'll come back. We, we knew a lot of them will be back. We don't know that all of them will be back. But we do know that this is not really the example of what's going on. There's going to be a lot more to come in the next film. And that's really going to be what hits home. That's going to be like have the emotional pull to it, I imagine. We're going to lose some people. And that's well, and going to, to your, happen in the next one. To your point about knowing what's coming, it's kind of a corollary to that thing that we discussed, um, like similar to... Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, hmm. where you can still have an effective, um, momentous thing happen when you, even though you know the end goal is preordained, good writing and good acting will keep you enthralled. And the specifics of how it all went down uh, at the end, who was chosen to leave and stay, um, and the way it was acted out and the way it was carried out on screen is mm -hmm. what keeps you there, even though you know it may not be permanent. Same right. thing with why Better Call Saul can be, like, the best show on television. You know where Saul goes eventually. Right. But it's the writing and presenting it to you in a way that you don't expect that keeps you engaged. And Yes, I completely agree. What's incredible about it, and I think this is the, this is the point to drive home, is you could, you could try to pin this on Spider-Man being the thing that, uh, that, that makes it not mean anything. But I would say that going in... To Avengers, we knew there going into Infinity War, a lot of us knew there was going to be another Spider-Man movie. Most of us probably that are remotely 
entertained or or interested in this storyline as a whole probably have a good idea of the news of of what movies are coming down and that being like I said, said especially especially when they're given a specific release date sure you know what I it, mean? exactly they're on the sleeve right and that and that being said and knowing that's coming that was still the most impactful disappearance because of the way that it was delivered it was written like you're saying, it was written tremendously, and the acting was heartbreaking. And what I'm really interested in is, in the next movie, they're going to top. They're going. There's going to be something that tops that emotionally because they have to. They they are they one up themselves. Constantly. Well, I don't know if they have. To, I don't know if they have to, but they better. They have to. They know they have to. What well, I'm I'm excited to see is how they, they do, it. do it. I'm yeah. very curious to see what it is, and um, I think that's what I'm most excited about about the new movie. And now. This leads me into the next thing, which was more in-game theories. So let's just piggybacking off of that. Now that day goes by that I don't see a headline, this fan theory, that fan theory, new fan theory. And it's this just fan like, theory on who saves Tony Stark. This fan theory on who's going to die. Right. This fan theory on how this person's going to die. And can you just... Shh, you know? Like, just... No, really... I, I, I'm not even going to ask that. I would say just slow down. Mm-hmm. Like, I get you're gonna do it. Let's yeah. just pace themselves slightly. If you throw out one million possibilities, yeah, one of you is probably gonna be right. Ah, the old throw everything against the wall method. <laughs> right, exactly. And it's just like, it, it's not... It, early on, it's fun. As we're getting closer, and it's every five minutes that a new theory is surfaced, I'm just like, okay. And I'm not clicking on them or reading them anymore, just because I... I like where where my headspace is with this movie right now, and where I think certain things are going to go, and I want to be wrong about some of them, so I'm excited for that. And I don't want to keep reading different possibilities. And then, honestly, there there's a there could be a potential negative side effect here, where one of them is so good, which is it's possible, where a theory is so good that doesn't pan out, it will take away from the story that they deliver if you were expecting that. Yes. So. I think that is what I caution that, I against. Think, I think that's a lot of the reasons that people were upset with The Last Jedi. Mm. Some people got so tied to their own imagined or preconceived notions of where it was going to go, and then when it didn't go there, there is you know anger at that. Which, yeah. I mean, I can understand that. I, I, I wouldn't say that I had any anger towards anything in that realm, but... There were things that I kind of felt slightly let down by. Sure. Um, but most of the stuff that I felt going into that movie, um, as far as hard and fast stuff, I didn't feel certain about a lot of those things. It was just a kind of a wish list thing more. Sure. Um, so I'm good with that. And, and also, and I think it, you can go back and check the tape. Um, excuse myself. The Excuse me, the old expression I used. Um but we said some of that stuff going into that movie ahead of time, um, preparing ourselves, and then when we got to the point of actually recording our instant reaction episode, our full episode, about the idea of, you know, forgetting everything you know and kind of killing the past, right? I think we went in with that properly. Like, it was so obviously accentuated in the trailers that yep. you had to know that was going to be relevant, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think some of that busting of your preconceived notions for those sorts of things going in with certainty to some of this stuff especially these big properties they're not going to let you down with that sort of thing with the most obvious answer all the time i mean sometimes you're going to get it right yeah um because just logical process will take you there um but often it won't or at mm -hmm. least often i hope it won't 
just you starting to talk about it, <laughs> I'm getting very, very excited <laughs> for not, for none. And what which I want is literally one whole year away, right? Which is nothing. And <laughs> what I want to do for this episode for nine, I think we need to do a three parter. We need to do a before, an immediate after, and then after a nap. <laughs> I say nap because we don't actually go to sleep that night. We go to we take a two hour nap and then go see it again. Well, we come home. This year we did the immediately after because we didn't do that for Rogue One. Right. We did the immediately after we got home, which was immediately after about half an hour of us trying to just calm down, have a beer to calm the nerves, then have another beer during the episode. Um, so we got a couple of beers plus mild exhaustion and that post adrenaline rush hangover going on. It's a, it's a weird cocktail of chemicals in our body at that point. Um, and then it's the like four hours of sleep or three hours of sleep, whatever it was. It's really not many hours. Right. Like I'm, I know every time we do this, Force Awakens, Rogue One. Well, we didn't do the double feature for the Rogue One, but we did the double feature for the Force Awakens. We did the double feature for. Um, the Last Jedi. Um, we, we were being wildly ambitious when we saw Rogue we, One. <laughs> we look, we look at it, and we say, "Oh, yeah, we're gonna see it at ten o'clock, and it's gonna be like a two and a half hour movie, and we'll be home, and we'll be we'll be sleeping at one, and the next movie is at eleven o'clock. Oh, we're gonna get like seven eight hours of sleep, and then four hours of sleep later." Uh, <laughs> right. Ugh, dreaming of Jedi's and laser swords. Uh, the I think we should do that. We should do that as one. You know what we'll do? We'll we'll actually we could release it as one episode because we're probably gonna if we do this we'll be recording literally the well probably hours before we go see it, then directly after and then a few hours after that and we should and we'll we'll cut it up real nice. We'll put a we'll put a couple of breaks in the middle maybe do something fun in between. I think we can make a really nice episode one year from now. Wait, I think <laughs> I like the idea of releasing all together before and after with an interlude of like not even us doing the show in any way, shape, or form. Just a recording of us like futzing around like before we go to see the movie. <laughs> right. While drinking a beer or something, and yes. then like and then following that up with us like, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it's gonna be like. And then having I, the next week be our normal for, formally recorded episode. We'll have to. Uh, that's that's a good idea. And we'll also have to. I think I'm gonna have to take some of the recording equipment in the car because that's where some of the gold happens. Is yeah. in the car on the way home. Those are the gold conversations. Or sometimes even in the parking lot right outside the car. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, it depends. Sometimes it's completely silent. So, sometimes you just you can't say anything. <laughs> uh we love The Last Jedi. Next story. <laughs> I'm just going to keep throwing that in there because of all those silly haters. Um, the, the next story here, the Aquaman review roundup. And this the reason I'm bringing this up... Um, Wait, before we do that, can I just mention it's the lowest stakes and purely an aesthetic thing. I really like the title card that they're using for like the poster, like that white with the, with the word Aquaman. Especially like as they do it in like the end of a trailer where it's the letters and they're pivoting with the water splashing around it. I don't know why, but I think it's really cool visually. It's like okay. fairly simple, but I, it just, it works for me. I don't know why. I, I appreciate you finding something you like about this already. 
It, might, it, it could still be a shit movie, oh, but yeah. I just think that's cool for some reason. Though I'm hearing it's not a shit movie. Right, and, but here's the weird thing. For every review, I've been coming across a lot of them. I'm not reading them too indie. I'm only reading first paragraph and, like, summaries. Because I'm, like, you know how I avoid things, and even though I wasn't um, originally not considering going to see this, I almost feel obligated at this point, so I will, I will be seeing it. Well, I did hear one note today um, that you should see it in IMAX, so maybe that's what you, me, and Dominic do next week? Okay, I think we can make it, that happen. There's that pal- the Palisades IMAX? That's... that's... Uh, uh, iMac. Uh, yeah, iMac. That's, that's right one theater. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think we, we should make that happen. Um, and we'll probably have like a, a pseudo angry... Well, either way, that's going to be an angry episode. We're either going to be angry that we went through with it, or we're going to be angry that it was actually good. There's no way that we come out of this <laughs> feeling uh, I'm good. I'm not going to be angry that it's good. Um... Like, retroactively I, angry, you mean that because everything else was shit? I think I might, well, no, I think I might be angry because it would just further prove that we're going to stick in this weird limbo state that we're in. Yeah, because now I'm seeing something else. I, I want to get to your thing eventually, yeah. but we keep having, we'll like, there. ideas about it. This is what the um, show's all these about. These are good tangents. The last episode was three hours. <laughs> these are good tangents that are actually tied to the subject matter. <laughs> right, right. Um, Not I me trying to change a light bulb. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, no, I, I saw something that what's her name Adams is no technically I'm still Lois Lane and, and, and Henry Cavill is technically still Superman and I'm like guys No <laughs> Like Deborah <laughs> No Jason Momoa said the other day no Henry Cavill is still Superman. He's definitely still Superman. Uh-huh. I'm like Stop <laughs> Don't do that bad thing. Uh, well I I I, I give up on that side of it. But anyway, back to this. So what I was going to say was for every review that I've come across, there's been one that's like shocked at how good this movie is in the title. And the next one that I read is, this thing is a mess. And I've been going back and forth with a lot of it. Now here's what's weird. Is it's just the title seems to be tearing out apart, and then they almost convince themselves throughout it like they, oh actually they didn't really feel that way they they kind of enjoyed it and you can see that in a lot of the ratings for here's the perfect example this particular one that I have pulled up is the example that like that it's it's everything that I've been coming across this is a negative what would be a negative one okay the title this is from Rolling Stone the title of the article is Aquaman review DC superheroes solo movie is a waterlogged mess now this is just this is what you're gonna come across you're gonna come a lot across a lot of bad puns. They're gonna be yes. they're gonna be garbage puns, and then you're gonna look at if they give it a rating, you're gonna see that the rating is actually not terrible. It's actually right in the middle. It's a two and a half out of five stars. That's not actually bad. That's that's pretty bad. That's, that's the middle bad. though. But here's yeah, a, but if you're if you're grading it on like a pass fail scale, it's a fifty. It's not it's not good. But then if you get when you it's get into the article, it's um. It's all about, like, uh, it's, you know, over the top, it's ridiculous, it's corny, it's cheesy, that somehow works. And that's pretty, that's been pretty much consistent throughout all the So it's all just mixed messages? It's all mixed. And I, we're, you know, at this point, we just, we have no, we've got no choice. We have to, we have to see it. I mean, I did read, I did read a, a review that reviewed it very positively, saying that it is ridiculous and cheesy. But that it was a credit to it. Right. Those were not meant to denigrate the film. That it was 
I actually meant that as a compliment. Yeah, which is interesting. And which I will be going in with that balance. That's a tough balance to strike, right? That that's the type of thing that you see like that hit with like um you know, something like Scott Pilgrim or Twenty One Jump Street, you know what I mean? Stuff like that, which is like there's some cheesy corniness to it, but it works. Like it's working for it. Because you're leaning into it and playing into it and doing it on purpose. Mm-hmm. You're right, and uh, it sounds like that's what they they maybe have done here. But here's here's where this one really this is where it really grinds my gears. <laughs> so you get one, you get one crappy bad pun to use. Okay. Um, unless you consistently ex- execute them. In a way that almost feels rhythmic. Okay, that's fair. Now allow me to show you a perfect example of how you're doing it wrong. So here is the title again, just to reiterate. Aquaman Review, DC Superheroes Solo Movie is a Waterlogged Mess. Now allow me to read you the opening statement of this review. He's the laughing stock of the DC Comics Extended Universe. And the Aquaman Solo Movie almost gets by on Razzle Dazzle, since that's all it has up its waterlogged sleeve. You didn't? You didn't even change it. <laughs> okay, so it wasn't the fact that they kept using bad puns and stuff like that. You it's used that the same bad pun. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I was, and that's when I killed him, Your Honor. No, that's when I was like, I, I was just like, oh, this well. this one has no, this is not going to hold any weight for me. <laughs> and I moved on, and I read another one that was pretty much the same thing, but they at least changed up the puns, and I appreciate it. <laughs> I like, I do like a good pun. Oh, I, I, mean, I like a good bad pun. Obviously, you know that I do, because oh, yeah. I execute them quite often. You are 90% pun, 10% beer. <laughs> <laughs> this is what my legacy that... has come down to. This, this is my personal brand. If, you, if, this, if life was an RPG, and I were to kill you and loot your body, I would find a bushel of hops... <laughs> And just a just a notebook of bad jokes. <laughs> well, no, because the thing is, uh, the problem is, as when you said that, like if this was an RPG, and I'm like, I'm thinking like my skill level. So it's like if you're playing Dungeons and Dragons, like that comes out to like me being like, and I don't think this is an actual class unless it was part of like some sort of expansion later on. But like I am the jester, like <laughs> puns and. And I, like ninety percent, like his skill level, nine out of ten puns. Like I can talk my way out of any situation with a joke. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and also, I brew a mean beer, which is good for morale of the of the the questing party. Um, but those are my only skills. <laughs> you roll, you roll your die to see how your joke lands, and you roll a yes. one. And it's like you said waterlogged twice, and they <laughs> killed you. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh Lord. Okay, that's that was it for me. So let's go on to your news and nuggets. We need to do a better job of spacing this out. It's not. It's not working as a you do all yours. We gotta. We gotta alter. Well, they, the thing is, they all rolled into each other. Okay, that's fair. Um, going back to Star Wars, um, mm. the Clone Wars trailer, which you seem to be a pretty big fan of. I really liked it, and I had no business. <laughs> it was. It was actually very entertaining. And you know what it is. It's the, we've talked about this before, we've talked about this on all of our Star Wars episodes. God damn, is that music good. And when that music kicks in, I want to just, I want to rip my hair out. I'm so excited. And I, I realize that all this means is I have a lot of homework to do. Yes. But well, you still need to fi- finish. I've got I mean, so wait. many things to finish. You never watched any of the Clone Wars? I think I maybe watched a episode. <laughs> so... 
I told you to finish watching Rebels before you dived into Resistance, although ultimately that doesn't matter that much so far. Right. Um, but you're going to be missing a fair amount of crucial context in Clone Wars, or in Rebels, lacking having or not having watched Clone Wars, because there's a bunch of characters. Whoa, 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 whoa. When I grew up, you watched the middle first. <laughs> okay, and that's the approach that I'm taking here. There's a lot of characters in Rebels and a lot of things that show up in Rebels that were from Clone Wars. And I'm sure they will they would be it's cool to look back like when you see them you get excited about it. I will just get excited in reverse order and I'm okay with that. Uh alternatively, I can submit to you a list of the essential viewing because there's probably I mean, you're still probably going to watching 60% of the show. I'll watch the whole thing. Let's be serious. It'll be okay. I'll, I'll finish. So, are you saying that I should put Clone Wars? No, I should put Rebels on halt. Go back, watch Clone Wars, and then finish Rebels, and then depends. How far are you into Rebels? I, I honestly don't, I don't remember. remember. Second season. Mm. Well, I mean, it's starting in the second season that a lot of the stuff really that mattered was showing up. Okay. Like, like, because you, if you were watching the second season, you would have seen them meet the clones. Yeah. Rex, Rex and, and them. them. Yeah, I like those like, guys. They were like amongst the main characters of the Clone Wars once it got fully into the run of the show. Right, which is part of why that was one of the things that actually excited me about this trailer that I saw. Was because you heard all the voiceover at the beginning was yeah. all the different clones, and they mm-hmm. were and they were even doing kind of a roll call. Like there's Cody, there was Rex, and they're talking about Fives, and like like Fives was one of the big characters, like one of the big clones, because like. There's obviously a million different clones. They're all voiced by the same person, obviously. Um, but more than one or two of them got stories. Like, mm. a whole bunch of them got stories. Right. Cody, Rex, Fives. There's a, uh, a bunch of other ones whose names I'm forgetting now. There were some of them that, like, you would see them pop up in occasional episodes. Like, oh, yeah, that one. I remember him. And then you wouldn't really see him again for a while. Like, he wouldn't get his own arc. But, like, there was easily, like, five or six of them that got, like, story arcs during the course. Like, over the run of the show. In addition to others that multiple multiple times showed up, and then mild, mild, mild spoiler for uh, Rebels, possibly like Ahsoka is in the show and is pretty important, mm. and she's like one of the top like five main characters in. She's Anakin's Padawan. Yeah. She's like one of the most important characters in the I show. I think I think I should because I was somewhere within season two. I think I should stop and go watch Rebels and then start season two over. And then I think I'll be in a good spot. Um, you mean go watch Clone Wars and then start season yeah, two over? Yeah, that's probably the way to do it. Yes. Okay, I'll uh, I'll do that. That makes the most sense. That'll be. It's gonna be one of those things where I'm like, no, I haven't watched it yet. No, I haven't watched it yet. And then we're gonna record an episode and we'll be like, so I saw all of it, and <laughs> we can just do an episode on. The, well, you did that with what's it called? The Punisher. Um, yeah, you did that with the. <laughs> No, no, uh, actually, I wasn't even thinking about that. You did that with Better Call Saul, where all of a sudden oh, you'd watch I was just a season and a half. Like, <laughs> God, the show is so good. Um, yeah, no, uh, that's probably the way to do it. Um, but anyway, yeah, going back to the trailer specifically, hmm. um, like I said to you earlier, that specifically those first like 30 seconds or so of it, is, it I was ready to run through a goddamn brick wall. Yeah. I was, I was jacked up. You jacked up the anticipation was building. The anticipation was building. I felt like I needed to do activities. Like I needed to clear myself some room for more activities, some kicks. There were some army men that went on. 
Um, he went in the garage, he did some karate. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I was ready to go. Now, that hashtag at the end, was it Save Clone Wars? Yeah, because that was a, a campaign online that was going on for a while, mm-hmm. and then they announced, I guess it was it was at Star Wars Day earlier this year, right? Um, that they announced it was coming back. Yeah, I think so. It's been a while since it was announced. I think it was in May when they did the Star Wars Day, May 4th. Yeah. That's, that's or Star, sounds... Star Wars celebration around Star Wars Day. That sounds right. Is that when you hold that giant, like, crystally orb up in the air on Naboo? No, that's Life Day. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's not the same thing? Not the same thing. All right. Life Day. <laughs> Go um, on. Going, moving on to the next thing. Um, have you been watch, watching, have you been listening to the show Villains on the Ringer um, okay. I've so far listened to the, I listened to the first one and I listened to the Killmonger one and the Killmonger uh, follow-up, the bonus episode. I haven't okay, listened cool. to the other ones yet. Um, I've been enjoying the show. I've discussed this. Pretty good. A, it's entertaining. Couple, um, I could kind of take or leave the host himself, but the yeah. show itself I've been enjoying. <laughs> right. I, I, I'm completely with you on that. Um, and that's probably, unless you're a big Chase Serrano fan, it's probably the consensus mm-hmm. feeling on the thing. But um, I was surprised by the last two episodes. I would not have guessed Coco of all movies. Yeah, that was. I, I saw that show up and I was like, ooh, okay. <laughs> I didn't see the movie, so some of it was lost on me. But I did find the conversation interesting. Okay. Um, and then I was genuinely surprised... They said it was going to be a revenge movie. I was like, oh, what's her? I wonder what this will be. Amy Dunn from Gone Girl. That yeah. Did not, that surprised me a lot. And then once I thought about it, I was like, no, this is Good the choice. perfect one. Yep. Um, and I, I just I just found any conversation about that movie is interesting to me. Yeah. Um, and one of the, the, the specific thing I wanted to highlight from it was there was a – I don't know if it was – if it's one that they've done throughout the show or if it was one specific to that episode, but um, talking about – the casting, if there's anyone else you'd prefer to cast in the main cast, if you were the one making the movie. And for the two leads, that was the that was the role Ben Affleck was born to play. Mm. Um, further burnishing my theory, my unified theory on Ben Affleck. Um, <laughs> it was his finest work <clears throat> because it was the one that required the least work of him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so not in a million years would I change that casting, despite how much I hate him. Um, that being said, prior to that movie, I didn't really have that much exposure to Rosamund Pike's work outside mm-hmm. of Die Another Day. I'm, like, I'm pretty sure that was really the only thing I had seen her in prior to watching Gone Girl. Um, and she freaking crushed that. Yeah. Like, I she was that good of an actress because I just saw her play a Bond girl. That was That was a role. Yeah, um, I would never, having seen it, I would not retroactively recast it because I don't know who else would be able to crush it the way she did. I'm sure there's a, plenty of other great actresses that could do it. She just owned it so much that I'm a little worried about what type of person she is. <laughs> <laughs> you were really great in that movie. This concerns me. <laughs> a little too great. <laughs> can you pick up that phone so that I can speak to you through this glass? <laughs> Yeah, that, um, that, no, that's that. That movie was a. Uh, that is a. That is not a rewatch within the same decade type of movie. 
Oh no, I've watched it several times. It's Ooh, a great movie. That's see, now I'm questioning you and how you're doing. <laughs> because that's a it's a dark one. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, it's it dark. was dark. Uh it's a great movie. I read the book too. I've read all of Gillian Flynn's books. Um that one is the best or second best of them. Okay. I'm torn between that one and Dark Places. Well, that was Dark solid. Places. I would, I'll have to, I, I will eventually listen to the episode. I, what I love about that show is it's basically, I feel like it, it, instead of talking about an entire movie for an hour, you're just talking about a character for an hour. And I, I kind of like that. Yeah. It's pretty good. You get deep in there. Um, some of the editing can be funny too, which I like. Um, Actually, that's one of the things that's annoying me a little bit. Like, when we fuck up, we just let it go and we yep. laugh at it. Um, he pauses it to edit it, but then doesn't. He just comes on and corrects himself as, like, a <laughs> sidebar. Yeah. It's like, no, either own it in the moment or edit it out and make it a clean, polished product. You're, like, living between those two things that should be like polar opposite things that you can't like he's like half pregnant with that situation yeah I, I don't, I'm, I'm I, kind of okay with that sh- as a shtick if you do it consistently i'm okay with it eh, i thought it was kind of funny for the one episode and then he kept doing okay, it okay hang episodes. on let's make this better what if instead of him doing it it was ron howard <laughs> yes if he somehow managed to get ron howard <laughs> to be the narrator uh, there was doing it on the side. That would be different. He's. I think he said malnutritioned in, in, and then he came back and corrected it as malnourished. He said malnutritioned, and I was just thinking about like if Ron Howard that in that moment I was like if Ron Howard came out and went that's not the word <laughs> or like that's <laughs> the, it was just like the delivery of that was well just, no it, no, it has to be malnutrition is that a word and then it's. It wasn't. It was. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so good. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. Overall, it's, it's an entertaining I'm, listen. Yeah, I'm enjoying the show. I'm curious to see what the last couple episodes will be about. For sure. Um, moving on. Uh, Sopranos update. Ooh. I am Is this what we're watching? watching? Yes, this is what we... Well, I told you a few weeks ago I was going to start watching that. Panda watch. Um, panda, panda watch. <laughs> Get out of here. That panda jerk. You're making me look yeah. stupid. Uh, uh, I love that movie. <laughs> me too. Um, yeah, so I've been watching Sopranos. I am a, almost two and a half seasons through. Um, and I would like to take the opportunity to say that it warrants the hype to Ooh. a certain extent. Oh, okay, certain extent. Um, the guys, everyone, calm down, relax. Just let me finish my thoughts. <laughs> For those of you that are left listening, those of you less left listening, um, it is a great show. At the same time, slightly, slightly overrated. Mm, okay, it's achieved this mythological status of untouchably the greatest show ever in a lot of circles sure i Um, kind of expected that to be the case it definitely warrants its presence in the hall of fame in the pantheon of the greatest shows um i take issue with calling it unquestionably the best Mm. um i i have minor issues with a little bit of what's gone on in the run of it uh in particular it's 
possibly egregious use of dream sequences. Oh, no. <laughs> um, every good show has a good dream sequence at some point. Um, this one has a lot of them. And the problem I have with really any dream sequences and things is no one actually dreams with that level of detail and specificity. Mm. Um, which it does like every other episode. And also, multiple times we have, like, everyone is a fucking expert on what dreams mean in this <sighs> show. Or at least the multiple psychiatrists in the sure. show are. Um, and it's just, it's not even that they parse it, it's how quickly they do it. It's yeah. just a bit pretentious. Okay. But that's a relatively minor gripe, really. Other than that, the show is excellent. It's well written, very well written in some ways. Subtly so, where it took me a while to really pick up on the specifics of how it's done. And in some ways, actually, surprisingly, it does remind me a little bit of Arrested Development, where seemingly background things that shouldn't really matter much come back to the surface later on. Okay. In a way that's relevant and doesn't feel like it's jerking you around. Okay. I which that. I appreciate that attention to detail. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's very well acted, um, even if some of these people are playing caricatures of real human beings. Um, they really, really lean into, you know, the mobster thing. Sure. Um, the stereotypical, you know, New York, New Jersey mobster thing. Um, but no, I mean, it's a, it's a hell of a show. It's the type of thing that if you enjoy good television, uh, everyone who hasn't watched it should give it a watch. Okay. How many seasons are we talking about? Um, I think it was seven. Okay. And hour-long episodes about hour long, 13? Hour-long, 12 or 13, 13 episodes a season. Okay, that's... That's doable. Also, possibly... I haven't... I meant to do a little bit of research into this before we recorded this episode because I was intending to talk about it. Um, but you surprised me telling me you wanted to record today, so I didn't get around to it. It may have the first... It has the chronologically the first that I can think of uh, instance of CGIing a face onto a person. Really? Yes. Is it an actor or actress that died during filming? Yes. Really? Yes. Who? And I was very thrown by it because it's not very good. Oh, which, really? Well, but the thing is, it's like in 2002. Sure. So... You know, they're still trying to get a handle on doing it well now. Huh. Well, hang on. Now we're de-aging people like it's nobody's business. It's crazy. Right. Um, and some of them have been good and some of them have not been. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> um, this one, they they took a character and they CGI'd a face. They they What they did was they did a cut-up of some of the previously aired scenes for one last conversation by the character. Mm -hmm. Um. And it took me through... Well, the thing is, I was watching it, and I was like, something seemed off. This is a well-known actor or actress? Not to me. Oh, okay. I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't watched in any way. Sure. Um, but anyone who has watched will know what I'm talking about. Um, but I had to stop watching in the middle of the scene and go look up to make sure I wasn't going crazy because I was a little tired when I was watching it. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. <laughs> and I was worried that I was like not all there at the moment. Like, do I need to just turn it off and go to sleep? The hell was in that beer? So I, I looked it up because I was like, what? Because then I realized like the show, they kept specifically showing the back of this character's head. 
and they were standing stock still and then coming back to the front and I was like that that person's face I feel like doesn't look exactly like that like they did like in and then I looked at it and I was like okay that person died and they CGI'd it got it I'm not going crazy the crisis <laughs> averted <laughs> that's that's pretty weird that's uh you know no no big deal that stuff happens I mean I'm sure it wasn't as bad as the mustache no honestly somehow <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I just brought that to someone's attention that wasn't aware of it, and they like told me a couple days later when they saw me, "Oh my god, I can't unsee it now." Yeah, <laughs> you know what you need to do? Uh, Cinema Sins released their Justice League episode, and boy, oh boy, do you need to spend twenty eight minutes watching that? It is, oh, it god. is, it's twenty eight minutes of gold. It makes the movie worth it, <laughs> just because that viewing experience is fantastic it's so good and he slips he just slips these wonderful little jokes in seriously cinemasins just youtube cinemasins justice league watch that there's to give you a perfect example of what's wonderful in this thing there are so many jokes that like it's one of those things where you would have to watch it multiple times to catch everything that's how good these jokes are written mm. that are in there and the one that actually, I uh, there was a little bit of a spit take. I was sitting at my kitchen table watching it on my phone, and I had a little bit of water. Lost a little bit of water. Um, <laughs> and they're underwater in uh, Atlantis, and he pauses and he goes, hmm, Amber heard something. And cut to the next thing, but he did it so quick that I just, I lost it. <laughs> and it's, it's, you just, it's jokes like that throughout the entire thing. Take the time. Do it on your lunch break. It's so much fun. I love I love those episodes. They're so good. Cinema. I usually don't want to get into like the like it's a half hour episode like that. Yeah. I I do enjoy the idea of it, but like my mileage ends with it after about like eight minutes. That that's fair. They've I feel like over time they've gotten a lot better though, where it feels very much like this show, where we plan what we have scheduled to talk about is like a tight 45 minutes. <laughs> and then but what we end up later. talking about is three hours long. And Guys, I feel we like... we need a producer. If anyone they, produces, they we need can, a producer. <laughs> they get into like... I, I feel like there's there's certain ones that they probably could have... They could have skipped through it and gotten the point across. But at this point, if you're watching it, you, you're having a good time. It's just worth it. It's so fun. And, I, I more enjoy the... Um, the honest trailers because those are like oh those are so good those four are... or five minutes yep like there's kind of a certain like overlap to the skill sets of those oh yeah um and it's just like a more tightly like edited like easily digested uh piece of media because like i'll listen to stuff like if i'm in the car or if i'm doing stuff like i'll listen to that, that's honestly the, the podcasting i've been so guys it only took us to record recording a podcast for nearly two years for me to actually start listening to other podcasts um and like i do it in the background while i'm doing stuff like you know folding the laundry etc so on um it's a lot easier to just sit down and listen to something while i'm doing something else than it is to sit down and watch a half hour video on something that's why i love podcasts it's great but like i said if you that time if you're when you're sitting in bed later right and you you're not quite ready to fall asleep Put this on, and it's going to prevent you from falling asleep. Like, that's, like, it's, you're going to be laughing. You're going to probably wake up other people. 
Well, I don't know. Last week when we recorded, I didn't go to bed until like 2 a.m. So I, I may not do that. <laughs> it was like 2 a.m. the next day, though. It was, it was absurd. <laughs> um, that Yeah, oh, just just go check that out. It's, it's, it's a blast. Uh, did you have... Did you have other news? Uh, one last thing. Just let's tease some of the upcoming things. Sure. Um, carefully, mm-hmm. of course. Um, we have a new episode for you next week that will air sometime after Christmas. Um, we will not be telling you what that episode is. You will just have to listen to it. Uh, the write-ups I normally do for the synopsis of the episode will be in a very different format. I will not be telling you what the episode is. Just listen. It's our shortest episode. It's only about 40 minutes long or so. Um, I think you will all enjoy it. Uh, Possibly our misery will be the reason you enjoy it. Um, We are going to be doing other episodes coming after that. I guess we'll probably record an Aquaman episode to be released after New Year's, correct? Yeah, it sounds like that'll be our first in-person in a while. Um, Which I guess will be a, a little bit different because we probably won't really have news because it'll be old news at that maybe. point. We, we, maybe. Maybe Nuggets. Put some stuff in. Yeah. Um, and in addition, work. starting with that episode, we might start to polish up our product slightly, correct? There's going to be a, there's gonna be some changes in the new year. Yes. I'm learning some new skills. Learning some new skills. We're going we're gonna to start busting some of those out. Also, having you and me around here to do show stuff, that's probably the right time for us to finally debut our untapped list oh yeah that's a good idea let's kick off the new year right yeah i like it i like it those of, those of you who've been following us uh some of you have asked us to keep a running log of our beers on untapped so you have easy access when you're going shopping and we would be happy to oblige it just requires us to sit down and do it for like 15 minutes so right. um we're gonna go do that <laughs> yeah, we have we have all the we have all the content we can backfill that sucker yes all right, yeah, that's gonna be good. We got some, we got some stuff. This show is this show is not stopping. It's reaching new heights. Yes, slowly. <laughs> Whatever that means. Right. Uh, I actually Should thought of one Reaching new heights or reaching new depths. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's quantum realm. Uh, it's a. Uh, there's one last thing that came up because I I just thought about it while you were talking about the Sopranos things we we're watching. Let's stick with that topic for one second. I have been. Watching a lot of Christmas movies, like just too yeah, many. Yeah. Like I've just been pumping them out. It's been great. I've, every year I think about like, oh, like I want to watch this movie, that movie, this, and I. It's like one of those things where you think about all the stuff you want to do, and then you never do it, right? I still can't believe you never watched White Christmas until we. It's were it's 50s. crazy. That's gonna be that'll be a yearly thing now, but um, earlier, you know, when December kicked off. I was like. I feel like I gotta do it this time. And that night, I was like, "Why don't I just put one on now? Maybe that'll get the ball rolling." This year, I've watched Santa Claus Two, Christmas with the Cranks, Home Alone One and Two, Elf, Jingle All the Way, White Christmas, and um, hang on, there was two or three other ones that I'm blanking on. But one of the one of the, the latest ones that I watched was The Christmas Chronicles on Netflix. Not familiar. Kurt Russell plays Santa Claus. Interesting. It's a good it's a good Christmas movie. It's a modern Christmas movie, but it feels like a like a classic. And I wait a minute, wait a minute. Did Kurt Russell do a Hallmark Christmas movie? It's not Hallmark, it's Netflix. But is it in the style of those? The 
the underlying driving story is absolutely out of a Hallmark movie. <laughs> and also the production value in acting and writing? Uh, higher. Higher than Hallmark. Um, the acting's better. There's actually, they, they do have some, they, there are some gems peppered throughout the movie. Um, especially the little girl. She's fantastic. She was in, um, I said, I think it's Big Little Lies, I think is the name of it. Uh, she's great. Um, the sun is pretty good. Santa's awesome. Uh, and the, the CG for the elves is, is not great. It's way better than expected. <laughs> and there's... On a scale of one to bright, how bad is it? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see bright. But you saw the trailer, right? I did see the trailer. Bright? <laughs> it's bright. Yes. Um, no, it was, it, I, it was very entertaining. I would, I would give it a watch. It's, I don't think it's very long. I feel like it was like an hour or 40, maybe. Um, good movie. It was fun. I had to rewatch the last like 30 minutes because Kim fell asleep. Oh, Winston's in it also. And he plays a cop. So, like, I, he's, he's just fantastic. I still can't get over that Nick Miller is playing Spider-Man, which oh. I'm hearing amazing things we, about. Uh, hearing amazing Spider-Man things? That was unintentional. Okay, so maybe we should see that as well. Okay. Let's see if we can get that to happen. I really want to see that movie. I'm, I'm actually very excited about it. Yeah, I'm hearing great things. Also, surprisingly, hearing really great things about Bumblebee. Really? Yes. Huh. I'm, uh, I'm um, shocked by that one. I am also shocked. Um, the most shocked I was was someone that I follow on Twitter who is probably in the top five biggest fans of Transformers. Like, Transformers. Not the movies that Michael Bay made. Right. Like, all of the existence of it in its cartoon show, its comics, the toys, everything... Um, it's someone who writes, um, his name is David Willis. He writes a web comic that's uh, fairly popular on the internet. Um, huge, huge nerd. Um, and he loathes old Michael Bay Transformer movies. And everyone who is apparently that sort of Transformer fan, like of the original content, um, hates those movies. Mm-hmm. He loved this movie. Did Michael Bay do this one too? I... He may be a producer, but I don't think he directed it. Interesting. That's is it a is it tied to the other ones? Is it before? I think it's a loosely related prequel. What does that even mean, Al? What do those words even mean? <laughs> that it technically exists within that franchise, but that there's very little overlap. Are they trying to distance it, but they're afraid to pull the plug? Yes, I think so. Then grow a pair of balls and call me when the movie's done. Well, it's basically just DC. <sighs> Mandy, you know how to say the right words to make me want to watch the movie. <sighs> I'm not. I didn't I'm... say I was hyped to go see it because I was in no way, shape, or form. I still haven't seen the last. I only saw the first two Transformers. I never even saw three or. Extension, extinction, or extension, extension, or the one with the mechanical asshole under the sea. I didn't see any of those. Okay, so now I'm just hearing under the sea, <laughs> like playing in the background. Uh, I don't think I saw the last one. Something last night, the night, yes. the last night, last night. 
Um, the last, what's his name's paycheck? Anthony Hopkins' paycheck. <laughs> that, that yeah, I didn't see that one. Um, and I don't think that I will be seeing Bumble. Bumble. If if we find out, if we hear from more sources that Bumblebee is worth the watch, that'll probably be like a late night HBO on demand. Well, what I saw, I'll watch this now. <laughs> what I saw referenced, uh, which I'm going to dra- drag this out as I look it up right now. What I saw sure. referenced, and I don't know if it's true until when I look it up right now. Was I? I think it was reviewed really well on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Um. Ninety-three percent. Really? That's what really surprised me. Huh. I'm. I'm getting more interested. <laughs> let's see. Um, let's see how this Aquaman viewing turns out. That'll that'll determine whether or not I go see this movie. <laughs> Conversely, Aquaman has a 69 rating. Nice. Okay, that's... You're you're stupid. (laughs) Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, 97%. Nice. That I'm excited about. See, that movie, man, I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. I was listening to the album the other day while I was working, and Kim was like, what are you listening to? This isn't what you normally listen to. (laughs) I was like, yes, it's very different. Mortal Engine's got a 27. That's deeply unfortunate. That's that's fair, because it looked like hot trash. Not because I particularly cared to see it. I just didn't want to see Peter Jackson do something that bad. Mm. Uh, or Hugo Weaving to be tainted by that, because he did a favor for Peter Jackson. What are you going to do? I don't know. Do? Not, not see the movie. Not see it, obviously. No, hell no. <laughs> God, no. It, does not, it didn't look good to begin with, so that's... I'm not surprised. Shall we get into our flick of the week? Uh, let us. So this one's a gem. This is White Christmas, one of Al's, or, sorry, correction, Al's favorite Christmas movie. Top two favorite, yes. Top two. If you had to gun to your head, <laughs> which one do you uh, pick? <laughs> which one would I pick? Yeah. It's entirely dependent on mood, because the two okay, of them are wild. Okay, uh, well, then, I guess you could flip that on its head. I feel like if we were doing, like, a Desert Island pick where you get to take one Christmas movie with you, you would probably take the other one for the laughter. Yes, the other one would provide greater entertainment value, correct. But, uh, you know, having a rough time, need a heartfelt, warm movie, maybe you'll watch this one. Maybe, great... I wanna, maybe, maybe I want to sing along. I was whistling all the songs That's while true. I was waiting for you. That's true. So, White Christmas... Came out in 1954, and it is, it holds up. Uh, wasn't that the first ever movie in VistaVision? It was. As they, <laughs> I'm glad that you brought that up, as they plastered that across the screen, it came out of the screen at you. <laughs> Until I realized how perfect responding to you saying, say hello with only if it's absolutely necessary that's what I was going to do, was presented to you in VistaVision. And so Vista, I, I had to look that one up. A higher resolution widescreen variant of the 35mm motion picture film format, which was created by engineers at Paramount Pictures in 1954, which makes sense that it would be the first one then that was in that in that, in VistaVision. Very, that was like, that must have meant something when they put that on screen at the time. Yeah, I'm kind of um, wondering, yeah, could, were there special they use, screens? They always, they always used to do that sort of thing, like you know. Now brought to you in what? What? What was the other big one? The other like color or something? There was another one. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. 
Technicolor. Technicolor. Yep. Like yep. color, like color, brought to you by Technicolor or something like that was like a big one on, on all those old movies that like when when colored movies uh, was becoming the standard. Like I know that they had been doing it for before that, but there was still more viable to make the movies in black and white, or sometimes they would re-release it later on, coloring it up. Yeah. This but, is around the time where it was becoming a thing where all movies were being shot in color. What's crazy about that? I actually want to. I'm glad. While we're on the topic of color, <laughs> uh, the there is one incredible thing that happened in this movie. Where did you watch it? Like this weekend? Yeah. Had, what format did you watch it in? DVD. Okay, so it might. I'm curious if it was if it's as crazy on DVD as it was on Netflix. Um, in like I, I it's it was scaled up to 1080p at least. So uh, yeah, I was not watching it on 1080p. His eyes looked like the eyes of a White Walker. <laughs> they were so blue in the Netflix version of this movie that Kim and I were like, "What's wrong with his face?" <laughs> it was, it was, <laughs> it's crazy. Like you should, if you. They... Uh, they are a particular color, but it's not quite so vivid on the format I watched. Okay, you should. But yes, they are noticeable. Anytime they zoom in on him, his eyes are very noticeable. Yes. I'm gonna need you to. I'm gonna need you to put it on Netflix, and I'm gonna need you to look at that <laughs> on that gigantic wall of yours. But if you give me a second, I can give you an instant reaction. Okay. Oh, you know what it is? I'm looking at the scene. It's the two of them together. It's because it's the scene when they're in like the old school like. Like with the little the, the hats and the red jackets, and there's a blue sky yes. background right yes. behind them. That's, That's the why scene. it's so noticeable. It's ridiculous. It's because it's got the the baby blue eyes with the baby blue sky right behind them. But they look fake. Yeah, because you're getting that weird effect of you. That's what you're drawn to because the background is almost the exact same shade as his eyes. Right, White Walker. <laughs> kind of. But anyway, that's that's the scene that I was talking about. Yeah, it's. A little crazy um but it's so anyway but crazy crazy blue eyes so this movie a musical gotta love musicals um i i wouldn't say that i always do i i i very much think I, music and movies go together like lamb and tuna fish <laughs> perhaps you prefer to get in <laughs> but they well you know what it is it's also the first the first song is white christmas isn't it uh yes which is just yeah. It's right out of the gate, that scene from Family Guy. Oh, he said it. <laughs> like, as soon as it starts. Sorry, I was still caught up on the thing that goes on way too long. And I was like... Oh, no, God. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it, it was it was so fun. So I was hearing that, I was like, huh, that's interesting. And then, I, and then it got me thinking, I was like, did that song come out for the movie? Did the song come out before the movie? Do you know the answer to that? Um, I think it's... I think they may have come out, like, semi-concurrently. Do you know if one was made around the other? I think that he wrote the song for, or they wrote the song for the movie, and then it was recorded and released, but gotcha. I don't know that. I'm just kind of guessing that. Sure, sure. So, well, for those of you that are not familiar, like I was not familiar, let me read you this quick, uh, the quick summary from IMDb, little synopsis here. It's probably uh, ridiculous, isn't it? A successful song and dance team become romantically involved with a sister act and team up to save the fa the failing Vermont Inn of their former commanding general. Yeah, so it's pretty ridiculous. Statement that I would like you to respond with, true or false. 
if um, Die Hard was... is not a Christmas movie, then White Christmas is not a Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah. The only oh, thing... No. Oh, look at this. White Christmas was actually written and originally performed in Holiday Inn, the other Bing Crosby Christmas <laughs> movie. Well, I'm going to have to watch that now. 1942. At an inn, which is only open on holidays, a crooner and a... Hoover? Is that like old dancers back then? A crooner and a hoofer vie for the affections of a beautiful up-and-coming performer. Hoofer, I guess, like, like dance, tap dancer maybe, or what? Okay, you're uh, you're cutting out. Oh, am I? I shouldn't be. No, you're you're coming back now. Okay, coming on strong. Coming on strong. Uh, I guess we're gonna have to watch that one next. Uh, oh, too. sorry, you're talking about Holiday Inn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I. You know, the funny thing is. That, for many years, was also one of the, every Christmas we watched that movie, like, we had a bunch of them, it, you know, uh, growing up, it was, you know, Rudolph, um, usually Santa Claus is coming to town, sometimes year without a Santa Claus, but not every single year, and then it was White Christmas, Christmas Vacation, and Holiday Inn, and A Wonderful Life. Mm. I've never seen Holiday Inn, despite the fact that it was firmly in the rotation of every year, watch it. And that's because multiple times I fell asleep like 10 minutes into the movie. Oh, no. And I've never been the fall asleep during a movie person, you know what I mean? Was it like a late viewing situation or a that bad That was bad? definitely the case at least a couple of times. Okay. There was at least one where I must have been out while they were watching it or something like that. Okay. I've never seen that movie. Huh. Huh. We'll have to... Uh, oh, you've never seen a Holiday Inn? It's not the same. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, it sounds like it, it is the same, based on your standard there. It does not... Well, no, no. It's not the same in its level of quality and reverence. Okay, that's fine. White Christmas is nearly universally considered one of the greatest Christmas movies ever. It's pretty great. I really, I really did enjoy it. Um... I, I really loved I loved the singing. Here's here's what I think maybe what I love the most. Something that Kim had me pause it to ask me this question. Like we're like, I don't know, fifteen minutes in and she she's like, wait. So I pause it and she goes Seriously though, did people really talk like that? <laughs> and all I could think was God, I wish people still talked like that. <laughs> it would just make life so much more entertaining. Mutual, I'm sure. Yeah, oh my god, that that made my skin crawl. Well, how do you like that? Not so much as a have an apple. <laughs> uh, what? Oh, you know what? There's there's little there's little subtleties too. Like there, uh, he gets up and he wants her to grab the milk to bring the milk with him. He grabs the sandwiches. He goes, "Bring the cow," <laughs> and he walks to the side. Yes. <laughs> I just was hysterical Actually, this, despite the fact that it's kind of a little bit of the, the, you know, cheesy, you know, typical boy meets girl, they fight, they fall in love type of situation, right? Mm -hmm. uh, in a lot of ways. And it's, you know, that whole heartstrings, you know, holiday type of movie. Um, there are a lot of subtleties to this movie as well. Oh, yeah. There's like, like classic. Excellent writing stuff. 
classic mechanics that are used constantly. Yes. Um, and one of my favorite ones that happens very early in the movie is when he when when Phil, Danny Kay, saves Bob, Bing Crosby, from the falling building. <laughs> yep. And he brings, he's oh, thank you so much, you saved my life. And he's looking at his arm, you see it's all bloody. And then the next scene is him visiting him in the infirmary. Yep. And he's got a sling on his arm. And they're talking, and he says, you know, is there anything, is there anything I can do for you, this and that? And, you know, he pitches to him, hey, I, you know, I fancy myself something of a songwriter. I thought, you know, we could do it as a duo. And he's like, you know, oh, I'm a, I'm a single act. And he grabs his arm, which sets us up for multiple times of that going throughout the movie, um, which that's good, too. But, you know, Bing kind of goes, okay, you know, I'll take a look. You know, you got yourself a deal. And he goes to put his hand out to shake his hand, and he pulls the arm out of the sling, shakes his hand completely normal. Yep. And then he gets up and walks away, and then he puts the arm back in the sling. And as Bob's walking away, he turns around, and you see he half realizes it, but it's like, no, that, that, that didn't happen. That yeah, <laughs> that was that was great. I yes. that was I I noticed that right away, and I was like, I, is this intentional? And then when he pauses, I was like, well done. That yes. was it. Was a really it was very like slapstick. And and it does. There's a lot of like call and response throughout the movie um and some like cyclical stuff that i, I, I want to get to in a minute yep. um but and that's one of them where they set that up and then later in the movie he says you and that phony arm of yours yep. where it's he's made his peace with the fact that it was never really that bad but even still the fact that he was willing to go to those lengths that he could have easily died even though he it didn't actually end up being that badly hurt from it yep and also the fact that he realizes and he even says, you know, listen, you've dragged me kicking and screaming, but I'd be a fool to not realize how successful we were, and that's why I went along. Like, he understands the gratitude he owes to him on right. a personal and professional level, even if he doesn't have to like it, you know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> and begrudgingly, even though they fight like an old married couple, they genuinely love each other. Mm -hmm. they're, they're best friends. They have become, against all odds, best friends, right? It's so good. I it, yeah, absolutely. It's so it's so funny, and that they that is a really good example of a setup that'll you know it, you set it up once in the beginning, and it just flows very smoothly through the rest of the movie until it winds down at the end. Like, and that's there's not a lot of that going on these days. I feel like, and when it's done, you go. Oh, like, this reminds me of older movies that I liked. And, like, this is the type of thing I feel like that you see that you go, man, why don't they make movies like that anymore? Or yeah, tell stories like that Yeah, it's one of those like things where, anymore. yeah, it becomes very noticeable that um, when it shouldn't, like, it's it's such a good job, but it shouldn't be that hard to do. Mm -hmm. But now you, like, you realize how many movies don't or can't do it. Right. That it really is a skill. Yeah. That is in short supply. And even shorter now than then, I guess. And maybe it's just, it's probably just a fact of what the total size of the pool of movies that comes out now is. Whereas you had to have something to make something back then. True, that's fair. So fewer movies were released, were made and released then than now. Yeah. That the the available pool of these movies was is so gigantic now that it waters down with the total quantity of any of those things can be sure and you yeah and you'll find you might have less access now to ones that are or it might be hard to surface because of you know the pool is filled with all of this um 
I think the other thing is what's shoveled in front of you probably doesn't follow that format because they're looking for something else in advertising and making money. So well, you, not just that, but they, they're spending money on like you can do it like a tight, like smart movie like script like that in something that's a big budget thing. You don't have to. It doesn't have to be pretend, pretentious. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So this one isn't. No, it's very much written in the language of the common man. This isn't Oscar bait type of movie. Well, I guess for back then it might have been because all the movies that won back then were musicals. <laughs> but um, in the sense that you know, this wasn't like per our conversation last week with the Phantom Thread. That movie is a movie that screams, "Hey, Oscars, pay attention to us." You right. know what I mean? It's art for art's sake, um, and they speak in that. They speak that language of pretentious art. Yeah. This movie doesn't. It doesn't have to, and it proves to you that you can do that without speaking down to your audience. They don't have to be left behind, and if they don't notice those things, their enjoyment of the movie won't be any less. I do think there's something to be said like to how they pull that off and why it comes across so natural in this movie, and I think that's because you're seeing... it's This is an early movie. You're seeing that transition from stage to screen. A lot of the scenes are set up as like a one shot of like in a room set up. Here's your mark, move around them almost like a sitcom. Mm -hmm. And it's, they're like very, they're very much set pieces to the point of like, they're actually building a set in one of the scenes. (laughs) And it's like, it's all like, you know, was this the first movie that was like meta? I don't know. It's amazing. It's, but you're, you're like, you're pulled back in the shot. For a significant period of time in one small space and the characters fill the space really well but it gives you time and like the allowance to focus on the dialogue and the story and what they're telling you and how they're and i i just, I just love i love a good dialogue driven story and it just it's this this movie's just a this movie's a delight al <laughs> <laughs> and i mean it <laughs> yes full sincerity uh yeah and another thing i wanted to while we're on the topic of this kind of call response this seamlessly like woven thread um there was a couple of lines that they do that with specifically throughout the movie um that i recalled that i i I always found um interesting um the the one that i alluded to at the very beginning of the episode absolutely (laughs) necessary yep not unless it's absolutely necessary and then several minutes later when the things are falling apart and she says, well, I think it's absolutely necessary. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you had the one, let's just say we're doing it for an old friend in the army. You know, he goes, great give me one reason. Give me one good reason why we're doing this. Yeah. We're well, doing it. For... Let's just say we're doing it for a friend <laughs> in the army. All right. Well, it's not good, but it is a reason. Yep. And then they go through the absolutely hysterical. Oh, uh. K version of the sisters act. I do feel like that's there's something special to be said about that. Pulling that off, I feel like at the time was 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 a was pretty impressive. Speaking about another thing that's pretty meta, um, so that movie that that scene is hysterical. Yeah, the two of them genuinely look like they're having a great time yes. doing it. And that's very much at the, at the last part of it because they are in in on camera in this movie they're they're laughing they're having a grand old time like at the some end. of like the first time you see people like breaking and like doing some improv stuff where right. 
they're whacking each other with the feathers and they're cracking the... up. And it doesn't look like acting. It looks like they're having fun. Right. Just shooting this ridiculous scene. And that's the part that's surprising to me. More so than them having the scene at all. Because I agree that this kind of gender bending yep. thing for the 1950s was kind of revolutionary. But it's a very obvious comedic setup to do that. Yeah. So that, from that perspective, it's not that surprising to me, really, that, that they were able to do it. It was them having so much fun doing it. Yeah. Looking like it's real, genuine, sincere fun. That's surprising to me because I would have seen, if anything, the actors perhaps chafing at the assignment, which is even further competed by the fact that, and I, again, I didn't have enough time to look into this, but I have seen allusions to it in the past. Um, by all accounts, I don't think Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye got along that well. Really? Um, yeah, I, I don't want to slander. They're both been dead for quite some time. Um, well, it's not slander the first part of it. Danny Kaye was gay. Okay. I don't know if you knew that or not. Um, no. Um, and it's only relevant to the fact that Bing Crosby, I believe, bullied him on set because of that. Oh, really? Didn't approve of it, which for that time is not surprising. For sure. So to see this, the handful of scenes where the two of them seem to be genuinely having fun together surprised me because I think he was kind of a dick to him. Oh, wow. That's interesting. See? I, I would definitely if, love to hear more about that. Like, I don't know if it was all the time or if it was just that he would crack jokes, like mm. mean-spirited jokes at his expense, expense from yeah. time to time. That's a shame. Yeah. But, um, that, but, but then going back to it, like you said, though, having a genuinely good time, the when it's him, uh, Danny Kaye hitting Bing with the feathers, it's that is so clearly not directed that way. Yeah. It's so good. And, and like... You're you're having a good time because of it. Like you feel like you feel like you're in the crowd that's watching them. It's very um, they do a very good job. Yeah. Ugh, so it's so entertaining. There's a couple of like well, I got one other one one other item like me movie mechanic the the classic misunderstanding of mm -hmm. the conversation that's overheard on the phone, which we're set up, which is you know we're set up for early on. Although that one actually points me to something that pisses me off about movies and it's i guess it's a tale as all the time but when we'll that, that goes on for too long um not just that but when there's a specific willful um there's a the specific like willful i'm not going to air my grievance yeah that that definitely bothers for the sake but of the plot for the sake of the plot yeah it's the same thing i brought up with fantastic beasts um that drove me nuts kind of the other side of the coin where it's He's trying to explain himself, and the other person won't. Right. Like, refuses to let the person finish before... You can categorically reject or deny what the person says. Let them finish the sentence. Yeah. But it won't for plot or for the butt end of a joke type of thing. This is the same thing. When someone specifically, when repeatedly asked to air the grievance, refuses to for plot's sake does drive me a little nuts. It's something that still goes on now and apparently was still going on 60 years ago. Sure. The only the only thing that I'll give it is that... Um, so what we're talking, of course, is about the... Uh, I can't remember her name. Um, actually, you know what? Until you said there... Until you said Bob before, it didn't... I forgot that, it, that Bing Crosby's name was Bob in the movie. And then Bob that, Wallace and Phil Davis. Yeah. So Betty... Does Be Betty doesn't overhear him on the phone, but the innkeeper's... The, Emma, the innkeeper, or the maid, or not the maid, the 
she hears them. Yeah. Because she, she likes well, to she, listen to calls. She overhears the conversation, but the problem is she only overhears half the conversation. Right, and hangs up before the finale. <laughs> she knows what she's doing is wrong, so she when she hears someone walking, she, she slams the, the receiver down so yeah. no one sees her overhearing. So she overhears um, the... Ed Sullivan was right. That wasn't that who it was. The Ed Sullivan show. Uh, I think so. Um, she overhears him pitching this big, like, kind of shitty thing, right? That uh, that they're gonna do, and she hangs up right before Bob admonishes him and says, "No, that's exactly the opposite of how right. and why I want to do this thing." And you see how in, uh, how uh, or Ed, Ed Harrison was that what it was? Ed Harrison. Yeah. Um. It, specifically goes against that and, and and reveals how true his intentions are and we miss out on that very important context as she goes then and starts spreading these rumors around indignantly which is what pisses off betty rightfully so right emma was right in the story totally understand why that would upset her oh, um, so here's the thing though now that you've you've caught us up she's she's misinformed and I think the only reason why I'm willing to give it a little bit of leeway is that we do know that Betty um, is not has not traditionally been in relationships. She doesn't traditionally fall for guys. So this is a uh, I we don't know the backstory there. Maybe she has in the past and it hasn't worked out or something bad has happened. So if you wanted to go into like like deep within the character, you could think, oh, maybe you know this is the first time that she's trusting someone. He's not lying to her, but he's withholding the truth, and it's like this is exactly what this is why I don't do this. And she's she's done. She's had her experiences, and she's ready. She's like I'm out of here, and I can get it from that point. But to your point, bringing it up constantly, it's very clear in those scenes that he doesn't know what's going on. But we also are taking that as we know that he doesn't know what's going on, but she can think of it as he's just kind of playing stupid. Yes. The only thing about that, though, is this that specific part of it plays fine if this is a long-running relationship, the person continually lying and letting the person down. Sure. And you realize they're good at lying. It's about three days into their relationship, though. Yeah, three days into their relationship. (laughs) And he's not in any way, shape, or form to this point proven to be a liar or manipulator. There's no reason for her to not trust him. Right. To at least give him the benefit of the doubt for the moment of let him explain himself. And he's so genuinely confused by what's going on. You think she would relent enough to at least, even if she was going to do it passive aggressively, you know what I mean? Yes. Speak her mind on the issue and see where the chips fall. Because we've all been there, right? Where it's, you have that feeling of, you know, whether it be a relationship, like a romantic, potential romantic relationship or a friendship or a mentorship type thing where you put someone up on a pedestal and then you find out that that person might be letting you down mm-hmm. and you feel that betrayal and hurt, which is what she was going through, right? Um, but at the same time, you don't want it to be that way and end that way, so you'll cling to anything, right? Yeah. So you'd think she would attempt to cling to it by by asking, even if she comes on too strong with how she asks. You know what I mean? Sure, which is the only reason, like I say, that I'm willing to give it give her the benefit of the doubt as a character is that we don't know her backstory. We do know that she's hesitant to be in a relationship. So I'm just, I can, I can make my piece chalking it up to that. She's had a, a bad experience at the point where she's not willing to give it that. 
Sure, it's just for a movie that was so well written in so many other ways. It seems like a flaw. A fairly glaring instance of them getting it wrong. That's fair. Yeah, that's that's totally fair. Uh, and you know, you know what was driving me crazy is I actually was extremely tense in that situation while she's leaving and getting on the train, and he's trying to still trying to talk to her, and the train goes, and I'm like, the the reason why that scene held so much weight is there's no cell phone. No. You can't, you can't text and clear this up. You can't call immediately. Like, not, not even that. I'm going to the city. Right. <laughs> Big place. Where? <laughs> where in the city? Because <laughs> the best thing is, or the worst thing, she doesn't know where she's going. Right. She just knows that she's going. <laughs> that is, that is also. Um, I got a little screwed up with the timeline there for a minute, because then he goes to the city and then he it sees was- her performing. It moves pretty quick. And I'm like, did you... Also, they're they're flipping back and forth between Vermont and New York, right? Like, pretty pretty fast. <laughs> well, I mean, it doesn't really take that much to take a train from Vermont to New York. How long does it take? I mean, it's almost the exact drive that we used to do every year for Christmas. Right. Right. Um, it's like a... Seven-hour drive? Right. So what I'm saying, so it's though... One day's, it's one day's train. <laughs> it seems like it's like it's that night is when the thing is... It, it's not true. It seems like that yes, night is when the thing is going to be... It's very obviously, like, over the course of, like, a week. Right. <laughs> but it does feel like it's the next day. Yeah, because the, pa- the pacing so is... that I'm like, like, man, she got a show real quick. Like, like her own show with right. writing and, and choreography. <laughs> like, Which she knows like, already. Like twelve hours? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that definitely that threw me for sure. Um, and then I did like the I liked the reveal, like the, the surprise that she learned what was going on and came back while he's on stage. That was that was fun. Yes, that was very entertaining to watch. Man, well, that... and it's funny because you get like a series of those things, right? Where it's like he has all the men to surprise the general, and she is also coming back. To surprise him all at the same time it's like an inception of surprises the man can we talk about the general for a minute we'll follow the old man wherever he wants oh to go. my god what a great what one what a great song the that song that they, he sings at the end about like what do you do with the general yeah it's Stop being a general it's heartbreaking but it's so well done it's it's very moving and it's like it's it's pretty crazy. Like it's a, it's a snapshot in time, but themes that carry over generations. It's really, it was really well done. And that, like, if you're not, if you're not like, if you don't feel emotional or you don't have a, a little tear welling up in your eye by like the end of that, I feel like you're, you might be dead, dead inside. Here <laughs> comes the general, and they all say General Who. Yeah. They're delighted oh. that he came, but they can't recall his name. That's ah, so terrible. So bad. It's what a great movie. I really, I really enjoyed this one. I really appreciate you, you bringing this one up. Yeah. Um. I mean, it is a genuinely great movie. Nostalgia yeah. aside. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I am. Yeah. I am proof that it holds up because I have not seen it before. Yeah, which is what surprised me. I assumed, and maybe I don't know if I just misheard it or just what I wanted to hear. Or I, I thought when I brought it up a few weeks ago that it was one of. I thought it was like one of those things where like. Like, oh, you saw it, like, 
once as a kid, but like don't remember it type of things. No. Um, but as, yeah, no. As I, revealed I, to you at the Christmas party, I wasn't even aware it was a movie. <laughs> yeah. I, wait, you mean that song? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no, it's there's so many good little things. And there was another one actually going back to the, like that kind of like the, the symmetry, like the poetry of the way the movie is written. Um, when they do the song, the best things happen when you're dancing, when the, mm. when they meet the sisters for the first time, they do that whole, that's the biggest like set piece that they let Danny Kay and Vera Ellen dance together in. And it's incredible what yep. the two of them can do in that scene. Um, the whole thing, you know, the best things happen when you're dancing and they have the whole song going along. And then when they have the fake proposal at the end, and he's stumbling his way through the speech. He says, well, I don't know if the best things happen when you're dancing or, and it's like, it's again, it's just another yeah. one of those little things that it's like, no, it has no business to be that cleverly yeah. uh, and seamlessly woven together. It's great. It, a great callback is hard to do. Uh, and they do it right multiple times. Well, and the thing is, that's one that I missed through many viewings of this movie. It's oh, something really? that I that I only specifically stumbled on that line uh, a few years ago. Okay. Because, you know, I we're talking about my my like, real memories of this movie um, over 20 years. Sure. Uh, and I probably, not, I was saying from start to finish, but I've seen this movie over 20 times. Like, it's more, I've averaged more than once a year seeing some of this movie. I'm very well versed in the nuances <laughs> of the movie at right. this point. Um, and that, you know, there's still little things that you can pick out of a movie like this. Um, like that, that's, that's one of them that I find. And, and, and even as far as musicals go, this one felt more seamlessly the way that the music and the story wove in and out together, where it's much more natural. Cause a lot of times you kind of have to suspend disbelief, right? Mm -hmm. When, you're in a, when you're talking about watching musicals, it's like where like one of those scenes where it's like they start their big musical number and then like they're on a street and there's like 500 people singing and dancing along with it. And it's like, yeah, this is beyond ridiculous. They wrote why it makes sense into the script itself. And I think that's well, brilliant. Two things. One, the transitions are so seamless in a way that I can't even describe. I don't have the language to describe how it is that they were able to pull it off where it feels so natural. And then two, by giving these characters the fact that they are all stage performers, right. it makes it almost believable that they specifically would break out in the song and dance together and that it wouldn't be weird because that's almost another language that they speak yeah. amongst themselves. I'm, I'm glad you said that because it is the only reason why the snow song on the train isn't weird. Because by all accounts, that song is weird as hell. And it's not very good, but it's, it's no. really funny but and it works because they're all singers. That, yeah, because like, have you ever been around people who sing or play instruments who yeah. aren't like, in a band together, but like all of them play, yep. and they just kind of harmonize together? Yep. Like that's what I've done that there. with the people I work with. It's they, very they weird. They just took it to another level, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, and then I was thinking, you know, I, I thought about it for a second. I was like, I was like, oh boy, this this song is strange. And I was like, well, it kind of makes sense. And then I was like, also, you're on this train to Vermont. You're probably bored as hell. Like this is <laughs> great. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, they don't even have a pack of cards, right? Like, let's just let's, let's sing about this thing we're going to do. Like, yeah, like, let's just kind of come up with a song. Like, it's it's fun to do, right? Um, but something is, is, you know, but it's not even just the line, you know, I don't know if the best things happen while you're dancing. 
Um, there's a couple of times where, right, like, they have the scene where the counting your blessings, right? Where you talk about bring the cow, mm-hmm. like the two of them start singing that song. And then they later decide to take this song we just sang and incorporate it into our performance. And he writes a song and it's the same melody that went along with the song when they were singing it quote unquote spontane- spontaneously earlier on yep. in the movie. Right. Um, and the same thing, um, I think it was during the party the music that they're playing at the Christmas party is the best things that ha- happen while you're dancing, but no one's singing it. It's just the music yep. to it. It's so, it's so, and there you go. That is a, that is a deeper callback that you're only going to see if you're paying attention. Yes. Again, this is something that I am able to muster because I have seen this movie many times. Yes. <laughs> um, do you have anything else? Uh, let me double check. I think I hit all my notes. Because I have one final small note before we finish. Oh, I guess one one quick note that I didn't mention, which kind of goes along with everything that we've just said. Uh, the the chemistry is fantastic. Yes. Like, that is a... It's like lightning in a bottle good. Well, and this is like, again, a throwback to that era, um, which we don't see much of anymore. These are a bunch of stars... Mm-hmm. that just own the room. Like you were saying, like, you know, like they kind of, their personality fills up yep. the room when like they eat up the scenes. These, this is when like star power mattered where you can just put two or three or four or five of them on screen. And it doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter the background. It doesn't matter the plot at that point. It's just these people and their personalities being almost larger than life. And they pull your full attention to them as they're having a pretty simple inane conversation, like something about, I want you to have nine kids. And if you even spend five minutes with each of them, oh, that'll be four five minutes. minutes for me. <laughs> and then again, that was another thing later on. What is this all about? 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a good one. <laughs> oh man, I loved it. Sorry. You, you had, that was your last note or you had one no, no, more? I have one. That was just me kind of. Yeah. Okay. Go for uh, it. Riffing on your note, um, <laughs> the uh, the scene minutes. choreography. Do you, you remember the song choreography? The name of the song was choreography. The name of the song was choreography, and they're singing about doing choreography. In fact, that's one of the lines we're doing choreography. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. I have not seen that scene in easily a decade up until this weekend. Okay. Because whenever we all watch it, for some reason, my dad is very irked by that scene. And we will literally fast forward through it every single time we watch it. Now, because I was going to prep for this, I was going to find a way to watch it just to be caught up on it. Just in case it came up for any way, reason whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but my dad was like dozing through that section of the movie. And I was like, oh, I guess we'll watch it. And I won't have to worry about it's like, let me see. What is it that irks him so much? And to be honest, it is the weakest of all of sure. the songs in the movie. It's the pee break. I don't find it to be... Well, it's literally a pee break. Like, Bob goes to go handle something else. He says, you guys go re- like rehearse that number. Yeah. <laughs> and there's no story to it. There's nothing... We don't see any callback to that in any way, shape, or form later. It's not part of the performance. It's just, hey, we're trying out a new number. 
I'm going to be gone and you don't need me. Why don't you do that number? It is literally an intermission in the movie. Yep. Um, I just find it funny that it's almost offensive to my dad for some reason. <laughs> Despite there being nothing offensive in any way, shape, or form to anyone's sensibilities in it, other than that it is the weakest of He's songs. just bored. He was just Full straight up bored while that scene is going. Like, it, it gets, that's, it's boredom in the sense that it's probably the only time in the movie that momentum comes to a complete stop. Yeah, no, that's that's totally fair. While there is so much movement on screen, it's crazy to talk about how momentum has ceased. But yeah, <laughs> there's no plot or story to it. It's not part of the montage of scenes of them bringing in the cast and crew and getting the new... Like, you know, there's the other one that they do that's got, like, the minstrel show mm-hmm. that they don't end up using later. Um, but that, that scene in its own... It's the first time that they get all the cast and crew up there to rehearse together the way they said they're going to do, um, and you get to see another big standout performance, uh, especially the one by Vera Ellen, um, and you see the kind of the idea of them calling back to minstrel shows and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and that sets the kicks off the next stage of the story as well when that scene is over. This one is literally an intermission. <laughs> yep. Uh, but I just think it's funny. I for someone like I said who has seen this movie many times including probably 20 times from start to finish. Um, I haven't seen that scene in easily a decade. That's so funny. This is just a funny thing to hold on to as the thing that you hate and, and fast, like take, make the effort to fast forward through it. Is Literally. Just, I think great. one time we even like decided to just sit down and watch the movie. Cause we saw that it was going to be on in a little bit. Okay. And watched it on TV. And I think my dad literally made an intermission paused it got up took a piss got himself something to drink this and that fast forwarded to the end of the scene and then resumed it couldn't even let it play through in the background no oh my god that's so funny did you did you ask him what why he hates it so much did you actually no i don't think he really has good work like like i don't think he has really like like a like a good way to describe what it is just it grates on his nerves for some reason it grinds his gears yeah, it does. Like, because we've discussed it before. I'm like, I mean, like, I'm certainly not a fan of that scene. It is probably the single weakest scene of the movie. Yeah. It was like, what is it that, like, he's like, I don't know. I just, he's like, I know. It just, <laughs> I hate it. Just hurts me for some me. reason. <laughs> I was like, okay. I mean, I, you know, sometimes that's it. You know, it's well, just, well. <laughs> that it irks you. I, I guess I get it, but it's just, it's just funny that it's reached that level of it for him. Not just right. like, oh, there's choreography again. You know what I mean? Like, it's, no, I'm not going to watch this. For, you know what's funny? What I was thinking of during that scene, and probably why I, why I was laughing, I was thinking of the scene from Blazing Saddles where they run through a performance at the end of the movie. Oh, at the end when uh, Dom DeLuise yep. is, is directing the scene? Yep. That's what, what it reminds me. Were they shooting a commercial for that? Was that what that was? I don't even know. I don't remember. I just remember how absurd it is. Well, it's a great scene because they set it up by just cutting to them shooting that scene and him doing cuts and criticizing the actors and showing them how to do it. They go through this whole thing and you're like, that's, again, almost like that Family Guy style joke where it's like, what is going on here? What is the purpose? It just keeps going on. And then you see the whole rest of the story bust its way on screen. Like, It's so ridiculous. Oh, my goodness. That anything else? No, that that's it. Just that odd random note on choreography. Awesome. Well, I've said it before, and I will say it again now. Thank you, 
for introducing me to this movie. I really, I really enjoyed it, and that's definitely made it's. It is officially in the rotation. I am glad that I was able to spread such joy uh, to your life, considering I extracted from you so much of your joy last week. Yeah, you savage. That's it for this week's episode of Flicks in the Six. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week for our long-awaited holiday spectacular. Until then, <laughs> I'm Anthony Costanzo. And I'm Alessandro Biolsi. Cheers. <laughs>